Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, we are joined by Toby Levine, whom I learned about through my ongoing research for the Homeschool Resource Roadmap. As soon as I saw what he was all about, I knew I had to ask him to join us on the Loftcast. Toby retired from 30 years as a CEO to address the massive gap between what our approach to education teaches and what the real world of adulthood and work require. He's written three books on the subject, including his most recent, Freedom Sense, A Plan to Forge Remarkable Children and Save America, which we will link in our notes. Toby is a born fighter who foresaw America's unraveling at the hands of an education system that only addresses half of what students need to succeed in adulthood. His fierce commitment to isolating the missing half and developing a solution led to an impossibly long list of adventures, experiments, successes, and failures. Four decades later, Toby has developed the Freedom Up School, a revolutionary way to fill the void in our children's preparation. So students learn what success actually is and how to earn it. Welcome, Toby. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Toby, this is going to be a spicy show, I can tell already. (laughs) All right. So, hey, first of all, tell us about yourself, your background, your wife, Shelly, your kiddos, all the things. Yeah, so I grew up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and um, I really disliked school as a kid. it was very hard for me. I, you know, I'm the classic story they talk about, about kids that just have a hard time sitting still. I was always getting trouble for looking out the window. Yeah. Um, you know, I tell the story that our, our small school had three homerooms for every grade. You know, I don't know what politically correct terms were, but, you know, the dumb kids, the medium kids and the smart kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the smart, of course. <laughs> right. And I was originally put in the first homeroom and uh, I don't know, maybe somewhere later in middle in elementary, I got put in the middle one. And then I remember in eighth grade, I got put in the smart kids. Ooh, <laughs> and, it worked um, your way out. It was hard because I could tell even as a kid that the school system had decided that that's kind of how it was. It was like, I mean, this is silly, but like ditch diggers, supervisors and college people or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the education system kind of just decided that your worth was dep- was dependent upon how well you did academia. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, <laughs> that scarred me in a good way. <laughs> um, it really did. Um, yeah. fortunately, um, I lived in heaven for a young boy. Um, commercial fishing was a big part. We lived across from the Harbor uh-huh. and I had my own lobster skiff as a really young kid. Um, then I worked my way onto some of the commercial boats and I just loved work. I loved the ocean and I loved being around men. Mm-hmm. And So that's what kept me glued together, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but it also said to me, well, wait a minute, I'm here in this adult world and these men are constantly praising me for my work ethic and, you know, all, you know, manner, you know, respect the whole bit, but I get to school and they tell me you're not going to be, you know, successful in the real world because you're not, you know, filling in the right ovals with a pencil or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so there was this massive disconnect between yep. what seemed to work in the real world and what seemed to work in the academic world. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I literally can remember being in Miss LaPearl's fourth grade classroom, writing <laughs> on the board during recess. I will pay attention during class a hundred oh times. Because <laughs> that it's helps, some, right? That's really motivation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it, someday I do something about this. And, um, you know, one thing led to another in my career and I ended up going to college, believe it or not. And then business school, gosh knows why. Yeah. And that led to me buying a small company and working with my team to make it kind of a big company and founding Mm -hmm. another company that got me involved in coaching CEOs and investing in startups. And at any rate, my last gig was running a company in Oregon for the last three years or well, 
about two up until two years ago when I finally decided that's enough. Mm-hmm. Well, we moved out here to Wyoming, got a ranch and um, I started writing my book. Mm. I can totally, I was the kid in school of um, my study hall was in the cafeteria and there was this humongous window. And every day I would watch the neighbors, you know, cutting their grass and, you know, just being outside free. And I'm not even like, okay, you guys, I'm a high schooler at this point. I'm thinking I'm literally trapped. Like I'm trapped Mm. here. I'm watching the guy do his flowers and his lawn. And I'm thinking what in the world, but yeah. Prison yeah. people. It is prison. <laughs> it, so how? Know, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say it. It's remarkably like prison. I mean, yeah. you, you're not allowed to leave, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it might not be razor wire, but yeah, well, some schools yeah. have it. I think, and actually, I think <laughs> prisoners I have more. You down they lock you in. Leave. You know, if you're a prisoner, you can go to the bathroom whenever you want to. You you have the whole cell block looking at you, but you can go whenever you want to. When you're a kid, you have to get permission. So I don't know. <laughs> There's a meme out there about oh. it. Did you guys see this? It's oh. the the comparison between prison and mm-hmm. uh, school. Yeah. And it actually is more lenient, I think. Yes. In prison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I remember the little hall pass. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah. The wooden hall pass. With the, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. So uh, tell us about your wife and your kids a little bit. So my wife actually grew up on the coast as well, but on the complete opposite other end of the country in Oregon the Northern coast, her family had a cattle ranch and um, she had a different school experience. In many ways, she was like the perfect student. Like she was a good enough student. I don't think she'd like call herself like a super academic kid, but she was, you know, kept on, you know, the honor roll or whatever. She was an outstanding athlete. And so she really checked, uh, you know, got along with other kids. So she checked all those classic school boxes that, that, you know, cause I like to say that, you know, this is sort of a, there's a handful of menu items there. And if you're not good at at least one of them, school's going to be tough yep. and it's, it's a limited menu. Yeah. So long story about how we met, but um, we eventually had our daughters in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and um, they're now uh, 13 and 14 mm. and uh, almost exclusively homeschooled. Um, we, we started with Montessori because what that was my first school experience mm-hmm. and it, it was a very good memory. Um, and, and we had a school near us that we thought seemed pretty great. And it first it seemed okay. Um, but you know, the pressure for what's so funny is parents put their kids into Montessori school. It's a very different approach yeah. to, to schooling. Right. Yep. And their concern, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but how will our kids transition into normal school? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so these parents just with their pressure, um, just kept pulling the school more and more towards being like what it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, yeah. I know. Huh? Mm-mm. So totally wrecked a Montessori so, school, right? <laughs> they did. They did. And, um, and it, was beautiful when it started the whole story about it, but my wife wasn't quite as comfortable with homeschooling as I was. I felt like there's no way you could do worse. I didn't have any fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, you tell that to parents all the time. It, it, well, yeah. And I also, as we'll probably talk about a little later in our conversation, I just have mm-hmm. this perspective of there are a lot of routes to a wonderful life in school. Mm. You know, does it doesn't mean school can't be a part of it, but it it doesn't it isn't what causes that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, but she went through a few, you know, a few kind of worrisome moments about it. But for the most part, I mean, well, especially today. Today, she's a fierce advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that we've kind of gotten over and our daughters aren't illiterate. and <laughs> Yeah, that's the key. Once your kids can read, you're like, this is it. We got it. We got this. Yeah, right. I, you just don't want to be the one where they're. <laughs> right. Yeah. So was that uh, her fear? Was that she just wasn't going to be able to kind of cover the basics and help them to be well-educated or. You know, I, I, I wish she was here because she could probably fill it in better. I don't remember it as well now because yeah. it seems like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. But yeah. Probably just this fear of like, you know, what if we, the state comes in and we have to do a test, um, mm. which we did do in one place um, and the girls did wonderfully on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next two states we lived in, we made sure that the state was never notified that we existed. So <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want anyone doing that. Um, that's creepy to me. 
Oh, I agree. I've uh, talked to so many people around the country in different states, you know, like Pennsylvania and New York, they have this horrendous homeschool regulation and people who live there are like, it's not so bad. It's really, they've just kind of gotten used to it. Like the frog and the pot of cold water that gets set to boil. Um, There was a one point where my husband was kind of being headhunted to, um, for a job in South Carolina. And he came home and told me that. And I said, uh, first thing is we look at the homeschool law and it was more regulated than here. So I said, honey, I really don't want to go there. (laughs) And he was fine with that too. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't want to be more regulated, but I'm like, if you have a choice, why wouldn't you go to a place where they leave you alone? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Tell us about from a dad's perspective, what was homeschooling How's it been like for you guys? Well, you know, I can't say enough about how wonderful it is to have this much time together as a mm. family. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer out for Kirk Cameron's? Um, yes, we have. Documentary. Yep. We're, yep. we're actually driving up to Billings, Montana tomorrow night. That's about two hours away. That's the closest yeah. big city. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go watch the premiere. Ooh. It's going to be a big night out. We might even go out to dinner. It's going to be something. <laughs> Yeah. I love homeschoolers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but it's, if you, anyway, what brought that up is the trailer. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. But, we did. You know, there was a mom that just got teary eyed about it. She thought it was going to be a sacrifice and she, you yeah. know, I get emotional about this. Yeah. She ended up realizing what a blessing it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so many, you know, we talked to so many parents and We'd love to say that we talk to them from this angle of, you know, we homeschooled our own kids who are now adults, right? So everything, and like for us, this is just what we do. It's beautiful. It's good. It's great. Let's talk everything great. Parents come in and they're terrified. They really think they can't do it. You know, they think they're not equipped. They've been brainwashed, all these things. They want to talk curriculum immediately without anything. They just want to come in. What do you, what am I going to use? Show me what I need to do. And so much more. There's so much more. I mean, academics aside, right? Because I mean, I graduated and listen, everything that I know, I learned from homeschooling my children. (laughs) That is truth, my friends. That is truth. I I believe it. But the the relation, the hanging out with your kids, the doing life together, that, I mean, my kids, I have a boy and a girl. Madeline is 19, Noah is 21. They're best friends. And you can't make this stuff up. They're best friends because they did life together. We did life. And so, yeah. you know, that just can't be said enough. But yeah, that's what I think. So true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what do you have to say to other dads? You know, if they're if they're thinking about homeschooling or maybe they're in it a little bit and, and maybe they're like, um, oh, the wife, like the wife said, can we do this? And he's like, OK, for like maybe a year at a time, but I'm not so sure. Um these dads need to hear from, so you're not an older man, but you're older than they are. Um, <laughs> they need to hear wisdom yeah. from you. <laughs> well, uh, oh boy, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> I know. You know, every couple, um, this is part of my curriculum in the up school. There's, <laughs> I don't want to get it off on that right now, but there's <laughs> soon, we'll get to it soon. <laughs> there's four, there's basically four positions in God's game. Um, Northeast, South, and West. Mm. And they represent the four critical concerns for making prosperity happen. It's, it's when you have this shown to you, it's just mind boggling mm-hmm. how God put this all together to work. <laughs> and um, so two of those are, you know, what you might call offense and two are more defense. Mm-hmm. And so almost invariably couples my in my experience almost 100% of the time the couples are opposite so it's a north yeah. and a south or an east and a west yep and so you invariably have someone who's offense and you invariably have someone who's defense now this isn't going to be 100% accurate for every single couple but people that are on defense are going to much more often be advocates of you know stability and security so they see that school system, that structure, the authority of the institution, and it's, it's harder for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the person on the other side, um, you know, someone like me is yeah. kind of like ready to fire aim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's generally the other side of the, and it could be the, the husband or the wife. I don't think right. this is necessarily gender specific. Yeah. And, 
and so um i think one of the things is if dad is that side i think we have to recognize that that's not the only way to be successful mm-hmm. um so that's one piece that's not necessarily dad specific yeah. i think the other thing that i've mentioned is that <laughs> I have this, this map. I wish I could show you this map, but picture like a timeline and on sort of the left end, which is in the past somewhere, you can picture like a scale with a, with like a, a platform mm-hmm. and it's tipped heavily to one side. And that one side is real world education. And the other side mm-hmm. is academics. So if you go way back in time, we naturally got a really strong real world education. I mean, kids were doing incredible things at young ages. Yes. Yes. Um, but, but probably not getting much or any academic education, depending upon their home. You, you move all the way out to today and it's the exact opposite. There's, there's very little real world education and there's lots of academic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, academia, as you know, is very heavily weighted to the female side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my wife and I were just talking about this and just the memories of how much time she spent with the little girl sitting in her lap and reading books. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that might mm-hmm. be the poster of like the most perfect mom child. Event. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Yeah. It's wonderful. I mm-hmm. mean, I just, she got way more of it than I did. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, that sort of like, can you say the letter a, you know, how's your counting yeah. that whole fun little very beginning part of education. And I think women, generally speaking, are way better at that than men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of move out as, as we age up, there's this other part that's, that I think tends to be more masculine. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, a classic couple's argument, right, is, is typically, I was yeah. just talking to someone about this last night. Um, this is between my wife and I, right? So it's like, yeah. I think, wait a minute, this is one of those times where the law needs to be laid down. Something's got to be said here. Oh yeah. yeah. And dad does it, but huh. dad does it in the male way. And it's probably more power than is necessary. <laughs> a little more hard. hard. Yep. Totally get it. Hard, hard. And, and mom needs to kind of be like, whoa, 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 let's pull this back a little bit. And I think that's the perfect partnership of, of a husband and a wife is balancing that. And, you know, the husband should listen and the wife should listen because, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think for dads, I think, I don't know how much trouble I'm going to get in a female podcast saying all these things. <laughs> say it, say it. Um, you know, I think when you look at the feminism movement, they always talk about there's these different waves and I don't have yeah. them figured out. I mean, obviously the right to vote and things like that were absolutely essential. And by the way, my state was the first. Mm. Yay. <laughs> and the first female governor, by the way, yeah. is backwards as everybody thinks we are. We are the equality state. But at any rate, I think a lot of us in our generations were raised with a strong, you know, sort of feminism message. And I think a lot of guys felt like, geez, you know, I got to I got to really tone this thing down. And we've gotten to the point where I think a lot of dads really need to go locate their spines. Yeah, that's yes. true. And yes. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think that's going to be a big part of my message is like, yeah. dads, we got to step up. That's right. Um, yeah. And it's really not their fault because they were fed this message of you, you better take your spine out. Right. That our, our education system, feminism, jerk if all of that. Yeah. 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 You need to go hide all of that masculine stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're talking so, to a couple of women who are not modern feminists. <laughs> Because we see the problems. I got spanked with the belt, you guys. Okay, I'm just saying. Did I call it child abuse at the time? No, I didn't. It's why I'm such a great, you know, well-rounded gal. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Men need that message that it's okay. You know, pull that spine out. We need it. Exactly. And I'm not saying that's a man to spank with a belt, but I'm just telling you, that's the difference between, that's a prime example of where we're at today. Now it's, you know. Have, dads are usually hands off. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's just their hands off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's comedy routines about it, right? Just, you know, mm-hmm. happy wife, happy life. Yep. Exactly. To do just shut up. Yeah. 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 Well, so true. You know, there's, there's another, I think elephant in the room that we all ought to talk about. Let's. And that's sports. <laughs> now my wife and I were both consummate jocks. So I think I have the credibility to say it because I'm saying it because I was picked last in gym class or something. <laughs> but, 
we're way, 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 way overdoing sports. Way, way, <laughs> way, way. Yes. Hey, my kid's a history boy. We never did sports. Let's just say that. I'm sorry, you guys. No, I, well, so, and we've got to get this back under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Because Toby. there's no room for real world education. And by the way, we like to, um, oh, my vocabulary is not a good at this end of the day, but um, we like to imagine that sports teaches all of these incredible things, you know, skills like mm-hmm. leadership and teamwork, mm-hmm. and selflessness yep. and whatever else. And it's like, I'm not saying there aren't a couple of great coaches out there, a couple of real miraculous sorts of things that, you know, you go make a movie about, yeah. but for <laughs> the most part, that's not what I'm watching. That's right. And I have hired the result of that. They got them into college and they played sports there and they got all the awards and they're otherwise good, you know, young men and women, but holy cow, that's yeah. not what they learned. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is it just sucks all the oxygen out of family resources and time. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I'm obviously I'm just preaching to the choir. Yeah, you are, but keep on preaching it. Tina, what are you going to say? Yeah. I see your face light. Someone's got to say it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, these, these soccer tournaments, um, we have a niece who was the gifted volleyball player and um, they tr- literally traveled the country on this club volleyball so that she could right. get a scholarship. Right. So that she, and, and okay, well, here's the, here's the, the end. Yeah. So she, just absolutely exhausts herself from however many years of doing this goes out her knee sophomore year loses her scholarship yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh and by the way they spent more money in all that club travel Mm because this is planes trains and automobiles right right than they would have spent on college yep Yep. exactly every single thing it's all sport i mean there's no time for anything else Mm -hmm. of the family because it's constantly ripped apart by i mean what are they getting kids into soccer now what are you two you're two you're going to soccer (laughs) Yeah. You know, right. You're wearing your pull yeah. up. And also, you're playing they can, you know, yeah. So they can go to the, a town that looks like every other town and have chicken fingers. Exactly. It's like- <laughs> so true. Well, and here's the tragedy that I see both with this um, academics is the end all and be all. And then the sports thing. Yeah. Um, it's infecting homeschooling families, too. Right. Um, when the homeschool movement started, uh, we were, we were most recently, we're talking to, um, a great grandma who homeschooled her kids and then helped with her grandchildren and all of that. Um, they just had to fight for the right to educate their children at home. And there were hardly any curriculum companies and they just, but as she said to us, the focus is Jesus, keep the focus on Jesus and everything else will be fine. And I think that's true, right? We get so sidetracked with, ACT and AP and all these other things. And then the sports and the scholarships, we forget the forest for the trees. And unfortunately, homeschoolers are getting sucked into that. Big time. One of the things that I like to say is it's one thing to know what to run away from, but it's another to know what to run towards. Mm-hmm. And so great run away from government run schooling, but what are you running towards? It reminds me of one of those movie scenes where they, they escape a tight spot, run around a corner just to, find their gunpoint from the bad guy yeah. on the other end of the alley. True. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. Well, and you know, this is also connected, right? That's the, it's like a dog chasing its tail because people are so indoctrinated mm-hmm. that there's no other way. I mean, that's the thing, you know, people are taking free things from the government and the government's offering these things to help them because we're in this big crisis. And Tina, like today when we were talking to that lady, right? Yeah. The point is, is unfortunately, nobody stays up on the laws and, you know, they think it's free. They think it's good. So they take it because they're uneducated to even understand, you know. Right. So right. I have a sense that kind of the things that we're talking about now is what led you to launch uh, Freedom Up School. Am I right? hundred percent. So, uh, so tell us how this vision came about and, and what this is. It has been a long, painful process. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's funny. I got out of college and someone put the first book that was handed to me was, um, Stephen Covey's seven habits. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And that 
opened a whole new world to me. Like I literally got through English classes without reading books. Um, but, and I hated reading, but I read that book and I'm like, there's books like this. Yeah. And I I just became this crazy reader, which was the weirdest thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I never would have expected that would happen. And I was devouring every professional and personal development book I could get my hands on because I was trying to find what the real, what real success was, what the real formula was something. Right. And a tremendous amount of it was garbage Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I like to say that, you know, they've all got a list and that list could go to the moon and back and half of them contradict the other half. So, right. <laughs> but I didn't give up. I kept searching for there has got to be like God made this earth and there's there's physics here, there's biology, there's chemistry, right? Yeah. Well, the Bible doesn't like have a chapter on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> humans had to like observe it and figure out this gravity thing and like actually measure it so that we could do calculations and figure out how to make a bridge stay up or something. <laughs> and and I have, you know, I grew up hunting and fishing. I was in the ocean and in the woods. And so I just had a deep, deep respect for the natural process, the seasons, the circle of life, the whole deal. And I just knew in my bones, there had to be a repeatable, observable, common sense description of how all this works. Mm -hmm. Um, And I eventually literally met a man who lived on top of a mountain. Wow. (laughs) I kid you not. And what mountain? All, all the study and things that I've put together, <laughs> plus the years that I spent with him, which was an amazing story. He had about six months to live as doctors told him when we, he and I met oh my and goodness. he lived like another six years because oh. finally a student showed up that wanted, I mean, he could not get rid of me wow. we're on yeah. the phone multiple times a day it was, it was, um, an incredible experience, I think for both of us. Mm-hmm. And that forms a large part of our curriculum that I call four cross. And it's called four cross because, um, one, we're supposed to be working for Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got capitalism backwards. Capitalism works when people go to work to serve each other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work when they go to work trying to get. Yeah. And a huge thing that children have to be teens need to be taught early is how this game is actually, you know, um, if you take it back to sports, like there, there's the field, there are players, there are positions, there's rules, there's an opponent. If you don't understand those things and you go onto a soccer field, you're going to be, you know, miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kids know more and adults know more about their favorite sport than they know about God's game of life and work. Yep. Right. That's so what I've been doing for years and I've been using this in my companies and everything else. Cause believe me, everyone who's been around me has been my guinea pig. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Sometimes for better or for worse, because some of the stuff I was using was crap, but I didn't know it at the time. (laughs) Well, you got to learn somehow, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, uh, that, that's something I've been working on very hard to kind of codify this whole thing, which I have now done and yeah. put together a curriculum. And so that we can teach kids how to play God's game, right. Mm-hmm. And God, what's so cool about God's game is that unlike sports, so sports, there has to be a winner and a loser. That's just how it is. It's like, yeah. Yeah. People wouldn't want to watch the game if they just said, well, we're all going to walk off the field and say, wasn't that fun? Um, (laughs) Although in school, everybody gets a prize usually. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But God's game, everyone can win. And I don't mean like a participation trophy. Like he literally makes every single person. This kind of goes back to my story about the different classes in school. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a gift. Everybody. And that doesn't mean it's going to be crazy obvious right out of the gate, what mine is or how to best deliver it. But that's the science experiment of life. Yeah. You know, um, today was pretty good. What did I do? Okay. Well, that, all right, we'll try a little of that tomorrow. And you literally can 
I, it's like a spiral staircase. You just stay in this process and well, we can get to some other spots, but you, the, the, the key obviously is we think freedom is something that you maybe naturally have because you live in the United States or mm-hmm. it's the absence of obligation, but freedom really is the presence of opportunity. The freest people have more choice about the, who, you know, who they work with, what work they do, when, where, how much they could charge for it. And they get that by being remarkable contributors. I mean, when, when you find someone that's reliable and helpful and honest and all these kinds of things that they show up, they do what they say they're going to do. You remark about them. I mean, right. you like, yeah. Oh my yep. gosh. I, you know, whatever it is, you tell a story Yep. and stories spread and you're, and that's mm-hmm. what leads to the phone ringing. That's what yeah. leads to someone saying, Hey, I just heard this about you. And one of the things I want to mm. teach kids is if you're working at Dairy Queen first, mm-hmm. you better be the boss's favorite employee inside of a week or two. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> B, by the end of the summer, some small business person ought to be trying to recruit you away. Uh. And, and that's not... That's not like, oh, I'm going to try to go, you know, win the a gold medal in the Olympics. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go try to found the next Amazon. Yeah. That yeah. is 100% doable by every teen in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what, oh, but Tobe, what happens after Dairy Queen and the next one? I don't know. Keep doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it falls we'll together. All enjoy your, yeah. And then tell us your story when you're 80. <laughs> yeah. So how, in a nutshell, can you tell us how that your curriculum, your program actually, like some of the pieces that help teens to figure that out and get there? Yeah. So there's four parts, right? So the first part is self-awareness. We have a whole part about helping students figure out what makes them tick. A, a huge part of success is understanding, you know, what are my strengths and my weaknesses? Right. And so self-awareness is huge, right? I mean, I can't, I could go on for hours about stories about people that suffered because they just literally didn't own a mirror. Yeah. Um, So true. Yeah. And, and Um, they're indoctrinating, you know, for those who go to school, well, that's exactly the agenda, right. Is to bring you down, bring you down always, you know, the ones who make it through God bless them who come through with confidence, but it's few and far between. You know, there's adults walking around carrying the fact that they think they're dumb because they got D's. You know, we say grades are for meat, not for children. That's what we say. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know how I escaped it. I'm very, very lucky. And I recognize it. Um, Then the second part is, you know, God's game of work and life, as I mentioned. So I, I literally break down this whole dynamic about how prosperity, freedom, and happiness happen. So, I mean, if if you wanted me to play in your soccer team, you'd want me to understand the rules and at least the basics. I might not be great at it at the first day, but at least I have a clue of what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so you got to understand how it actually works and nowhere teaches that I've seen, Um, not even the best business schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there's an exceptional peer group. Immersion around people who are serious is huge. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth part is real world practice, which is a job. You got to have a part-time job. And so there's this kind of rinse and repeat, right? You're, there's a journaling self-reflection process, which is where you reinforce your self-awareness. There's hundreds of hours of micro courses to help you understand God's game of work and life, plus a lot of supplemental, you know, lessons inside of that. Um it's delivered via an app as it mm. happens. And that app has this private social network. So mm. the only kids on this network are the ones who are playing this serious game of real world education. Mm. And, you know, there's, um, you know, it doesn't open until uh, after Labor Day, but, you know, we're, I'm going to be giving them regular weekly challenges, a monthly training theme, um, daily contact, weekly coaching, and, and, and challenges with prizes. I mean, huh. so kids got these phones in their hands. They want to be mm-hmm. social, just like human beings do. Um, mm-hmm. We like challenges, but we make it all about this game of how do you become remarkable? Like what, mm-hmm. how do you do that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and, satisfactory and, answer. Yeah. Well, and so if you could tell parents, right, just at the end of the day, and I know you've already said this, but just again, for the record, what do you hope to accomplish in those who use the program? You know, what would that line be? What would you say? This is what I hope to accomplish. This is it. Well, with these things, you always get better at answering these questions over time. And I'm probably need yeah. more practice, but yep. you know, <laughs> let's, what would be some of the clues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some letters of reference, getting recruited from somewhere to somewhere else. Um, you know, I had a really powerful experience when I was young out of college, c- commercial fishing, a really successful businessman that I didn't even know, but he had heard about me and he literally like not, not bodily, but he pulled me <laughs> off a fishing boat. Hmm. Yeah. And that's a story for another day, but you mm-hmm. want to talk about someone who changed his life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That happened because I worked my, you know, what off. Right. And, <laughs> and that's, I, I just, you know, and I'm bragging. I, no, guys right. would tell me, I wish my kid was more like you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And confidence too. Right. I mean, that's, well, you get, you, you develop more sort of self assuredness and confidence when you have wins and you That's have right. wins when you, when you don't go for there for you, you go there for, you know, the team, your boss, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, um, so, you know, things like that are the clues that I would want to see as a parent. I think another one is, you know, this college thing, we didn't talk about it, but <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm not trying to advocate for or against it. At least that's my political position. Um, (laughs) uh, But if you get to 18, I don't want them to be where I was, which is you Mm -hmm. go to college because that's what's next. Stupid. That's right. Right. You, it's a very big, big decision and Mm -hmm. it should not be just blindly gone into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And it's bothers me so much that parents are Still, mm-hmm. um, you know, and grandparents bragging mm-hmm. about their, yes. you know, they, I just was in a conversation where they're complaining about what colleges are doing. And in the next conversation, yep, Johnny's going there in the freshman. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just it, that indoctrination runs so yeah. deep. It's yeah. nearly impossible for some people to it's, really believe, you know, that what right, you can be successful without college. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> I would argue you'd be more, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. So one of the big things we're talking about with college is debt. Yep. And people are saying, oh my gosh, these kids are coming out of school. They've got this crushing debt and everything else. And it's like, that's not the problem. The problem right. is that the college isn't giving a return on the investment. Yeah. That's right. Who, who would not borrow a hundred thousand dollars for a future of freedom, prosperity, and happiness? It's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, or put it in economic terms, who wouldn't borrow $100,000 for a guaranteed $5 million return in 10 years? I don't know. Make, an, make up a number. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't even be talking about it. Right. We're yeah. only talking about it because everyone's getting out and saying, I, this stinks. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm, okay. I'm working at Starbucks now. And that's my not a cost degree. of college problem. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's a value delivered problem. Yeah. Yeah. And they have no confidence. Mm-hmm. They're stuck in that same system of it's camp for many of them. That's what it is. It's camp. It They're is going resort. to camp. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, went you- to one of the best colleges in the country and I, I don't even know how I stayed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, and, and that was 35, more than 35 years ago. Yeah. Well, and that's day. the thing, you know, when, when you and I, when we went to college, um, it was expensive expensive ish, but not really like the investment was worth it because it wasn't inflated. Right. And the teaching was, I think better. The teaching has gotten worse and the cost has gotten higher. And so there isn't that return <laughs> on you investment. Know, I don't, I don't want to run you guys over uh, in time, uh, but yeah. th- there's something that no one's talking about. And I don't see how many parents are going to be aware of it. And mm-hmm. it's got to do with how the economy has changed. Yeah. So Really quickly, automation, outsourcing, and then what I'd call the experience economy. So automation, we all know is about like, you know, robots and yeah. stuff like that. But 
What people don't understand is tremendous amounts of mid and even upper mid level kind of management work is just automation babysitting. It is really brain dead work. I mean, it might be fairly, some of it's very well paid, Mm -hmm. but it is incredibly unsatisfying, uncreative. um, And, you know, that's a really politically incorrect thing to say, but colleges are sending kids into this commodity storm and they're just making, they're actually, they're producing fodder for it. So outsourcing, you know, my, my little C, she's going to go to what's an, you know, fill in the brand name graphic design school. Yeah. Have you heard of Upwork? (laughs) You know of Upwork? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a lady that I work with in Bulgaria and Mm -hmm. A really big bill for me in the week, if I give her a lot to do, might be $50. Yeah. And I guarantee you she can move Photoshop around as well or better. And you know what I know something else? She's yeah. hungry. She yeah. thanks me every time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people think, and the, the things that you can do on Upwork, programming, finance, administration, you can get a virtual assistant. And, mm-hmm. and these aren't, you know, illiterate people that can't speak English. Right. I mean, I know what you have to recognize is if those problems are solved, not like those skills are wrong. Graphic design still might be an incredibly valuable skill, but you're going to have to package it in a way that's a solution in a way that can't be sent to Bulgaria. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone's, the grandparents and the parents all still think that a job is something that's waiting out there for you. Yeah. And we happen to be in a part in sort of economic history where we have to start, we need more, you know, we need entrepreneurial thinkers. Like you yeah. have to literally yes. go create new stuff. And that that's scares right. the yeah. stuff out of people. I know yeah. a kid who uh, was homeschooled and instead of, following the sports kids and all those things. He was just the history kid. Right. (laughs) And, um, the mom was kind of trying to make him do his thing and do chapter 10 of whatever curriculum this is. And meanwhile, he was in there doing his own thing. This kid ends up writing for the history channel. He's written books. He has a successful podcast about the Vikings, not the football team. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry. Uh, You know what? Did it freeze? No, you have to edit it out. I'm sorry. An Amber Alert just came out. That never happens around here. Wow. That's weird. Sorry. We'll, we'll edit, edit, edit. Yeah. yeah. So there's so this history kid. kid. Yeah. History kid doing his own thing, has the confidence because he's homeschooled, setting a course for his life, writes books, writes for history magazines, writes for the History Channel, uh, has this successful podcast talks to businessmen to teach them how to do these things, gets paid for it. He's a homeschooled Mm -hmm. kid, never went to college. Kids that are going to college are trying to do the very thing that he does, but he's never been to college. And I I, I don't say this to brag. I'm saying that this is truth. And this is why we homeschool our kids. That just happens to be Jenny's son. (laughs) We homeschool him. Yeah. Well, I heard the history kid earlier. (laughs) Jenny, thank you for that story. What I would love your help with is how we spread these stories to parents where they don't take it literally. Oh, okay. Well, tell me what he did next. Like they're going to write it down. like It's a cake recipe. Yes. Yes. I know. No, you're missing the mindset that he had. You're missing how he followed the thread. Right. Yeah. And you just have to trust that it's there. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, because for me, he's always been the history kid, right? So he's, and because we homeschool, we were able to what? Create the environment that was conducive to what God already put in his heart. Mm -hmm. And we were able to do that. And I have to say, I mean, there were times when I was like, oh gosh, I mean, I don't know anything about history. Our, my history teacher in high school, I mean, we called him Bourbon Bob. (laughs) He would come in, you guys, no joke, with a pack of Paul Malls in his pocket. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Non-filter. He'd come in and literally we'd be sitting there and he'd nod off, falling asleep. Like, so that was my introduction to history. I had no desire, but God placed history in Noah. 
It was him. It was who he was. Had he been at a school, that would have never been a deal. And for a quick minute, he did. He actually did go. I taught first grade at a classical school here. So for one quick minute, Noah was there. But the truth of the matter is, I was the mom who was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, are you, Noah, are you doing chapter whatever? And he'd be in there calling professors from Oxford, Yale <laughs> universities being like, no mom, I'm trying to get these guys in my podcast. Like what in the world? And his podcast, he was getting 10,000 downloads a week. I mean, that's oh ridiculous. <laughs> and he was that's only like awesome. 16 years old. Yeah. And now, I mean, he, you know who his people are? 50 year old men. I mean, these are <laughs> these, but you're right. But you, you are, had to, you were indoctrinated, Jenny, into yes. do, do the, all the school things. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, Toby, what you're saying is we have to convince parents. And I think those of us who homeschool, we can only reach our community because I think the schooled parents, until they get their kids out of the school, they can't even begin to think accurately, but we mm-hmm. have to get to the homeschooling parents and say, get off the, the hamster wheel, wheel, you know, get your kids off the hamster wheel. What? is each of your kids uniquely individually yeah. called to. And we'll hear the and same thing. And how do thing. you get there? They'll say, nothing. I don't know. He likes yeah. video games. And to that, I'm going to say, listen, let's go back to, okay, I'm going to, I can't get through one episode without mentioning Charlotte Mason. So I'm just going to say it because <laughs> she's my hero, people. And that's this. Homeschool, or I should say education is an atmosphere. It's a discipline and it's a life. Education is an atmosphere. It doesn't mean I'm banging textbooks over my children's head. It means I'm creating an environment which they will have a burning desire to learn and go after what God's placed into them. And I, as the parent, am not sitting on my phone. I, as the parent, also love learning. And I model that in front of my children. That's what we do. Yes. And so creating a learner is the number one job. Even if they don't learn much till 18, if they're a learner, they're going to be fine. Exactly. Yes. And if they, if you show them and and a model for them and let them know they're uniquely designed and there is a purpose for them, right? They have to find it. They might not find it when they're 12. Who cares? That's okay. They'll find it eventually, right? I mean, look at us. Here we sit. (laughs) Right? I mean, still trying to figure it out. Right? (laughs) Until the day we we go to be with the Lord, we're going to be on a journey, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the Freedom Up School opens in September 2022, correct? Yeah. I mean, you, people can um, enroll now um, okay. on the site. They can put a deposit and hold a place because um, I'm, you know, people want to move in. Humans want to move into something that's, you know, they want to be at a busy restaurant, but someone's <laughs> got to go first. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. I've, I've, you know, I've created a good sort of beta group explorer membership, which gets grandfathered forever, even for their, their other younger kids that maybe aren't ready now. Okay. So it's an awesome deal. Yeah. And so for, I think $50, they can go on the site, hold their spot and their family has that deal okay. even after the prices go up. So it's for ages 12 and up, right? Like, in, in, I, yeah, I say it's rolling? 12 to, until you're 19 out. Okay. Did you tell it. us about your book? No, oh, yeah. you didn't. Freedom sense. Right. Let's talk about it. A plan to forge remarkable children and save America. My my view is obviously, you know, many of us are concerned about the politics in America. Um, <laughs> That's an understatement. It, a understatement. And yes, we have to vote, you know, better. Um, yeah. But in the longer run, um, America's at a crisis. You know, I don't know if you know it, but it's been, it was about 80 years from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War. It was another 80 years to World War II. And guess what? Yeah. It's, 1145. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're right. I mean, we're going through the classic um, signs of an unraveling, even yeah. though it feels like a crisis is here, it hasn't yet hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, you know, and the only way we're going to turn this around is by undoing how we got here, which was through education and parenting. That's exactly so it. If we can raise enough change in America. And um, so that's, that's the goal. The book is available on your website as well, right? You click through it uh, on the website. It clicks you to Amazon, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's audio and Kindle for people who like it in different flavors. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing because we don't all sit down and actually read books, even though we can. We prefer to listen sometimes. <laughs> I don't. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, you guys. Actually, guess what? I have a Tom Sawyer group coming up of, you know, kiddos 
I picked Tom Sawyer on purpose. Why? Because many people won't read Tom Sawyer and they should, but (laughs) I'm reading it, listening to Audible and paging through the book at the same time. There you go. Wow. And I needed to finish it quickly. So guess what? I upped the speed. You can do that. (laughs) Wow. So so now the narrator sounds like a a chipmunk. No, so they're like this. And Tom said, (laughs) we're not going to up the speed on your book though. No, Toby. No, it's okay. That's what gets you through it. You know, it's a short book because, you know, a kid that was in the dumb group can't write a long book. Uh, Um, You are not. See, you're that one. You are that person that's carrying that. No, you're not. That label. Carrying what's that? The label. (laughs) You know, I I, I, I carry it with pride now. Um, But but yeah, you know, when I took my daughter to this Montessori school, they had it. You know, they called it an interview. It really wasn't. It was just for her to sit down with a teacher and have a, a one-on-one moment and feel comfortable about, you know, tomorrow you're going there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I am literally in the other corner of the room, like practically blubbering mm. because <laughs> my daughter is like beaming happy. This lady was like an angel from heaven. And I'm like, oh, she's going to have a different experience than I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And isn't that something? I know. Mm-hmm. And I she know. did until the other parents wrecked it. <laughs> well, you know, homeschool, there's no place that can replace homeschooling. Exactly. There's, I mean, exactly. the best, you know, you know, a lot of parents, are. Tra- I guess, private school are booming right now. And it's like, oh, folks. I know it, right? <laughs> no, they just I, don't have the courage. Yeah. They don't have the courage yeah. to do it. And it's just, I, we can't say it enough. Right. I mean, like I was saying earlier, we, we opened this homeschool loft thing and I mean, it's always been in our heart. So I thought this would be just something, you know, we'd be just talking about how great homeschooling is and it's wonderful and all the joys, but literally when the whole world just kind of blew up, right. We're now we're just, we have these desperate people coming in that are just scared, terrified. And I wish it didn't have to be that way. Cause it's not terrifying. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I agree. You know? Well, any parting thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I many. I love talking to you guys and I want to talk with you again. This is fun. Yeah, <laughs> yay. Well, we are glad to have you. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's an honor to be here. So, so any closing thoughts you can leave our listeners with? <laughs> yeah, I did a good job with that, right? Um, <laughs> That's okay. Parents, get your kids the missing half of education. Get them a real world education. Make the time for it. Help them get a job. And you will not believe how your child will transform by the time they're 18. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are always here to encourage you, to tell you the truth, to let you know that you are more than qualified to teach your children. Be blessed, friends. 